What does womanhood look like biblically at home? Here's Nancy Lee DeMoss. Scripture talks about a woman as reverencing her husband, honoring him, lifting him up. A woman who loves her husband, loves her children. Proverbs speaks of the importance of a woman having the quality of discretion. But I think so many of these come back to the fact that God made us as women to be responders and to allow the men to be the initiators that God created them to be. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. What are the core character qualities that define biblical womanhood? We'll talk about that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast. We're talking this week, Dennis, about what it means to be a woman. I couldn't help but think as uh, we came into the studio, I was remembering back to my childhood when uh, the CBS Evening News was hosted every night by Walter Cronkite. And over on NBC, it was the Huntley-Brinkley Report. Right. And I remember third place ABC they, you know, nobody even knew who their anchor man was because nobody watched him. I think Howard K. Smith was the anchor for a while, and they decided to do something revolutionary in the '60s. They decided to put a team of news anchors together, and it was Harry Reisner and Barbara Walters. And boy, did that get the attention of the culture because all of a sudden, we were going to tune in at night. And Barbara was going to give us the news. And it really was a major cultural earthquake. Would the American public accept getting their evening news from a woman? It almost seems laughable today. It does. That anybody even paid any attention to it. But that shows how far the culture has shifted from where we were in our understanding of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and where we've arrived. And because of the cultural shift... There has been a shift in the Christian community. Unfortunately, we have lost our biblical um, moorings, our uh, our anchor point in the Scripture, and I fear that we're raising a generation of daughters, and for that matter, sons, who do not know what it means to be a, a woman or to be a man. And because they're biblically illiterate about what it means to be a man or a woman, they arrive on the college campus getting ready to select their spouse or in the process of selecting their spouse, confused about their own sexual identity. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're committing these broadcasts just to helping moms and dads as well as uh, uh, women who are single, married, uh, widowed, uh, grandparents, to help them truly have a good grasp of what it means, biblically speaking, to be a, a woman. And with us in the studio to help us here on a second day is uh, Nancy Lee DeMoss. Nancy, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Nancy has spoken to uh, women's groups for more than 20 years, and I think it's fair to say, Nancy, that uh, this is a life message for you, defining what it means and painting a portrait of uh, femininity. Is that right? Well, God certainly has given me a heart to glorify him as a woman. And that means that there are issues that have to be wrestled with. Yeah, and and you spend time wrestling with these issues on your daily radio program, Revive Our Hearts, which many of our listeners are familiar with because it's heard on some of the stations that also carry family life today. Uh, You have also written a number of books, including a best-selling book called Lies Women Believe. There's a new book out called Lies Young Women Believe. You've written a study guide called Seeking Him. 
And our listeners may not know that you're going to be hosting a national conference in Chicago coming up uh, in October. It's called True Woman 08. And uh, you're going to be speaking there along with Johnny Eric Sintata and Janet Parshall. And Dennis, your wife Barbara, is going to be there. Karen Loritz is going to be speaking as well. Pastor John Piper is going to be speaking to the ladies. And uh, there is already a lot of excitement about this conference. In fact, it's starting to fill up. So if our listeners are interested in attending the True Woman 08 conference, they should go to our website, familylife.com, and they'll find a link to the True Woman website, and they can get registered online and plan to attend uh, the conference. Let me ask you about this issue of masculinity and femininity. Does the Bible give us insight into why God created us differently, why he created us male and female? Well, actually, God answers that question for us in his word, thankfully. And we find, if we go back to the Genesis record, that God made the man first. God created the man in his image, unlike all that had preceded man, unlike the animals or the plants or the uh, the seas, the waters. God looked at the man and said, it's not good. It's not good that the man should be alone. Mm -hmm. And then it's interesting to me that God sent Adam on a little hunt to find, if he could, a completer (laughs) for himself. Adam failed in that attempt. There was no completer uh, for him. And then I think Adam realized that God was the one who had to provide his completion. God was the one who had to provide his uh, that which would complement him. And as we know, God put the man to sleep. And I don't know this, but I bet he snored like crazy Probably. during that nap. Probably. Just guessing on that. You think? I just am guessing. He was in a deep sleep and was sawing some mean logs. Is he snoring the result of the fall? Well, that's a good question. That's a great question. <laughs> I'm more certain of this, that when God came walking up with the answer to the question, why am I incomplete? He woke up at that point, didn't he? <laughs> he did. And the and the thing that's helpful for us as women to understand is that God made us for the man. So much of the teaching in our generation has been that the woman was made that the woman is to be independent of the man, that her identity is not to be tied into that of the man. But as we go back to the manual of life that we have here in God's word, mm-hmm. the manual that tells us how life can best function, we find that God made woman for the man. He made her from the man. They are not independent. They are together created to reflect the image of God. God gave her to the man as his helper. God is saying the man needs one to help him in this task of exercising dominion over the earth, and the woman is the one that I have made to be able perfectly to help him fulfill that task. And and in Genesis, God immediately gives that a context of marriage, but you're saying that even a single woman has been created to be a helper to man? Well, as we go into the New Testament, which helps us to understand more of the Old Testament record, we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for example, that tells us that the woman was made for the man. So obviously that relates to the context of marriage. But I believe that God made us as women, me as a single woman, Mm -hmm. to have a role of being a helper, to be a cheerleader, an encourager, one who helps God's men fulfill their role in life. You know, you can almost hear a woman kind of flinching as you offer that definition because she's saying, that's it? I'm a cheerleader? I stand on the sidelines? Well, well, men play the game 
and I cheer him on and I run the water in during the water break and I pat him on the back and then I go back to the sidelines and let them play. That doesn't sound like God to me. Yeah, and there would be those add their voices, uh, Nancy, who would say, uh, isn't being a helper a demeaning term? Aren't you uh, unnecessarily subjugating me to this uh, sinful, selfish man? And after all, uh, that was before man sinned. Mm. The New Testament tells us that men and women, husband and wife, are heirs together of the grace of life. And that a man's greatest fulfillment and a woman's greatest fulfillment in life will come through complementing each other, not competing with each other, but being willing to complete each other. This is not a secondary role. The woman, as much as the man, was created in the image of God. The woman, as much as the man, is a recipient of the grace of God. And by the way, that means we're both sinners Mm -hmm. in need of the grace of God. I look at the New Testament record in Matthew chapter 1 of the, the genealogy of our Lord Jesus. And included in that record are five women, which would have been unusual for a a Jewish audience to include women in a genealogical listing, five women, each of whom, from the Jewish standpoint, had a strike or a mark against her, either because of an immoral background or a foreign background, or even in the case of Mary, the mother of Jesus, having a child without having a husband. But in that passage, I believe God even shows us this pattern that women, like men, are heirs of the grace of life, participants, full participants together in the gospel and the redemptive plan of God here on this earth. Nancy, you're single, and thus you're not a mom. But if you were a mom, and you had uh, three daughters like mine, all of them teenagers, how would you uh, be purposeful and intentional about developing and rearing a daughter to uh, develop her femininity in relationship to men? There's a good chance she may be single. She may not get married. How would you help her grow up um, embracing God's design for her life? You see, whether single or married, I believe God created all of us as women to be bearers of life. Not only physiologically are we designed, men cannot have babies. (laughs) Women are physiologically designed to be able to have babies, but I think that that is... A, a picture of a deeper inner truth that God made us as women to be bearers and nurturers of life. As a single woman, one of my roles and responsibilities in ministry is to give spiritual life, to nurture spiritual life in the lives of other young women. And you have, Dennis, speaking of your three teenage daughters, in your wife, a woman who is a model to those daughters of what it means to be a supporter, an encourager, a cheerleader. She is the one who, and I've been in your home to see this, Mm -hmm. your wife, Barbara, is created to making a home, a home where there is a climate where you can be free to grow, to be loved, to be encouraged, to be stretched. And she's modeling for your daughters the blessing of establishing that as a priority, the building of a home. Boy, that is so key, Dennis, because what Nancy's saying is that uh, before a mom can ever teach her daughter what it means to be a woman, mm-hmm. a mom has to understand and embrace it for herself, model it for her daughters, or the instruction's not going to make any sense. Women today have to wrestle over the, their own understanding of what it means to be a woman. And they have to accept it, 
They have to live it. Mm -hmm. They have to model it before others. If they ever hope for their daughters to grow up to be godly women. And we've seen just the opposite occur. We've seen women in the culture embracing the cultural definition of femininity and wanting to raise daughters who fulfill uh, a more masculine design for life. Yeah, and as a result of taking on uh, the water of the culture, their own boats are sinking Mm -hmm. because uh, they're confused as women as to what is a woman and what does a woman do and how does she behave and how does she define what it means to to truly be feminine uh, in this culture. And and yet if she doesn't know what she believes, she can't pass it on to to her daughters or to her sons. And by the way, I think it's very important that our sons not only know what biblical masculinity is, from mothers and fathers, but that they also know what it means to be a woman as well, so that when they see a woman, they know what a true woman is. They don't define a woman around the exterior, which over in First Peter chapter 3, Peter warns a woman about merely uh, placing an emphasis on the exterior. Our sons need to be discerning about what a true woman is and what a true woman is to become. Of course, the whole purpose of Proverbs 31 is that it was written to a king to tell him what qualities ought to look for in a woman. Mm-hmm. What were the womanly qualities, the qualities of a woman who fears the Lord? What would she look like and how should he choose a wife? Mm-hmm. I think a key question for every mom, and for that matter, every woman, whether you're single or married or whether you even have children, but put yourself in this position. If your daughter came to you and asked you, Mommy, what does it mean to be a woman and not a man? Now, that's a question that's asked in uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem and uh, John Piper's book, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And I think it's a profound question because it reduces it down to the very basics. And, and Nancy, I'm going to put that question to you right now. What if you had a daughter and she asked you that question? Mommy, what does it mean to be a woman and not a man? How would you answer her? You know, Dennis, since I was a teenage girl... I have searched the scriptures, the word of God, and also as I've talked with literally thousands of women around the world, come to see that there are certain qualities which when you put them together form a portrait Mm -hmm. of God's kind of woman. We've talked about some of those already. A woman as a helper, Mm -hmm. as an encourager, as a cheerleader, a woman distinctively in a role as a servant, a servant of God and of God's men. We've talked about a woman as a a nurturer, a mother, a bearer of life. Scripture talks about a woman as a teacher, a teacher of her children, a teacher of younger women. And then we read in the New Testament that there are specific qualities that God considers precious and beautiful in a woman. You talked about how it's not just the outward beauty that a woman is to focus on, but but 1 Peter 3 speaks of her having the internal beauty and mm-hmm. radiance of a spirit that is gentle, mm-hmm. it is meek, mm-hmm. it is quiet, a spirit that trusts in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scripture talks about a woman as having a submissive spirit, being willing to come under the covering and the protection of God-ordained authority. Scripture talks about a woman who fears the Lord in Proverbs 31 as a woman who will be praised. So there's a dimension of her personal walk with God. There are a number of passages in Scripture that speak of women in the role of concerned, praying women and how a culture that has been taken over with secularism needs women who are weeping, burdened, praying women, how we need that in our day. Scripture talks about a woman as reverencing 
her husband, honoring him, lifting him up. A woman is a lover, a woman who loves her husband, loves her children. In addition, there are numerous passages in Scripture that speak of a woman being modest, being chaste, being pure in her speech, in her behavior, in her clothing. Proverbs speaks of the importance of a woman having the quality of discretion. But I think so many of these come back to the fact that God made us as women to be responders and to allow the men to be the initiators that God created them to be. I want to ask you about that. But there are some women who just heard that portrait, that description, and they said to themselves, yuck, I don't like that. That's not who I feel like. It's not, I'm not sure that's who I want to be. And they're also saying, I question whether that's the way God made me. Mm-hmm. He didn't make me to be a responder. Not too long ago, I had the privilege of talking with two different women in the same day who were both dear friends. The one woman is a young mother who came and expressed to me that she was experiencing some depression, some frustration in her life. There were some issues that were unresolved between herself and her husband. She was wrestling with the feeling that she did not feel motivated or successful in her role as a mother. So she was wanting to take on a career outside of her family. And she and her husband were wrestling through some of these issues. And she said to me, what if my husband, now she she has a godly husband. She said, what if my husband wants me to be barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen for the rest of my life. It wasn't long after that conversation that I had another conversation with another woman who's a dear friend. She's the wife of a pastor. And I saw in this woman an older woman who has devoted her life to being a helper, a completer, a responder to her husband. Her children are now grown. She has taught her children to love their husbands, to love their own children. And I saw in this older woman a woman who is deeply at peace who is radiant, who's fulfilled, a woman whose husband is nuts about her. Because Proverbs 31 says that a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. What woman could ask for more than that Proverbs 31 woman has? And that is children who call her blessed, a husband who praises her publicly. This is deep in our hearts as women what we desire and what we were made for. And you know, Nancy, as you were going through your list and and talking about all this, I thought, How refreshing. What a clear, refreshing voice in a culture that, again, is trying to define what it means to be a woman without reference to what the Scriptures say. Every one of these in your list are all biblically based. And and what a great uh, portrait to hang in our living rooms for our daughters to attain to and to uh, seek to become. I thought of, as you were talking about being modest, chaste, and pure, how boys are never challenged to be modest, chaste. Now, they are called to be moral. They're called to be uh, in control of their own sexual passions. But this is a a different set of words than you would use for a boy who is being called to become a man. And a young lady who is growing up having had this portrait lived out in front of her by her mom, and then having had that portrait painted from the scriptures by both of her parents, think of the contentment, the possibilities and uh, of her life and, and what she can mean to a young man, to a family, to another generation of children. This is where Christianity becomes uniquely powerful. And ultimately... 
to the the woman who sees this portrait and goes, I don't know that I like it. I'm not sure God made me this way. The issue is not what she feels like. The issue is whether she'll come under the authority of the Word of God and be the kind of woman that God's Word says he has made women to be. I think equally a man could look at the portrait of biblical manhood in the Scripture and think, I don't think God made me for leadership. Mm -hmm. I don't think God made me for initiative. But joy and fulfillment in life come from saying, yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are women listening to this broadcast right now who are not married to godly men. They're not married to a pastor. And, and yet you can take this, um, this portrait that you've painted here. This is still true, regardless of whether they are um, married to a man who's a godly man. This is still biblical femininity. This is what God says is the picture of what it means to be a woman, regardless of your circumstances. There's hope there, isn't there? There is, and I don't think that the average woman has ever begun to fathom the extent of the influence that her life, when she surrenders to the lordship of Christ and his design, the influence that her life will have on her husband and on other men around her. Mm-hmm. We as women have profound influence on the attitudes, the values, the lifestyles of the men around us by whether or not we choose to embrace God's pattern for our lives. And Nancy, hanging in um, the gallery of my own heart is the picture of my mom, who although she didn't have... um, well, the resources that we've had today and the great teachers like you are to be able to instruct her about what it meant to be a woman, she did get in the scriptures and she was a helper, a cheerleader, a nurturer, a bearer of life. She was modest and chaste and was a, a woman who feared the Lord and uh, uh, had a meek and quiet spirit teachable and was profoundly influential. Mm and a powerful woman in my life as well as the lives of others. But, but you know, if we had called your mom back before she went home to be with the Lord and we had said to her, uh, do you think you're an influential woman? She'd have laughed at that idea. And I think there are a lot of women yeah. who hear us talk about these ideas and they look at their own lives and they say, I'm, I'm not influencing. Okay, maybe I'm having some influence on my children, but I don't feel like a woman of influence. I don't feel like I'm making a, a big difference in in uh, anybody's life. And that's an issue, Nancy, that you've addressed in the book that you wrote called Lies Women Believe, which has gone on to be a, a best-selling book. And you've also addressed it in the new book that you and Dana Gresh have written together called Lies Young Women Believe, because, uh, as you've noted many times, Dennis, there are a lot of young women who are growing up not with an eye toward home, but with an eye toward the marketplace uh, as the center of influence for our culture. We've got copies of uh, the books that Nancy has written in our Family Life Resource Center, including the booklet called A Biblical Portrait of Womanhood that addresses many of the themes we're talking about this week You can go to our website, which is familylife.com. You can get more information about the resources that Nancy has written. And if you have not read Lies Women Believe, let me encourage you to get a copy of that book and read through it. Again, the website is familylife.com. And there's also information available there about the upcoming conference in Chicago, the True Woman 08 Conference. It's October 8th through the 11th. 
and it's a national conference. Women from all over the country are going to be coming in to hear a great variety of speakers, including Johnny Erickson Tata, Pastor John Piper. Nancy's going to be speaking. Your wife Barbara's going to be speaking, Dennis. And Keith and Kristen Getty are going to be there to help lead the worship. It's going to be a wonderful two-and-a-half-day event. And if our listeners are interested, they can find out more on our website at familylife.com. And they can register by clicking through to the True Woman website. Or if it's easier for you to get more information or request these resources by calling us, the toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. That's 1-800-358-6329. 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. Well, tomorrow, Nancy Lee DeMoss is going to be back with us. We're going to continue to look at what it means to be a woman according to the scriptures. I hope you can be back with us as well. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today, hope for tomorrow.